Welcome to For the Life of Me podcast, where I share musings and perspectives on how we really, truly live a life divine. In a world with so much turmoil and suffering and unrest, uh, we are truly in a moment of planetary transformation, and we are the ones we've been waiting for. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Julie Pyatt, your host. Beloved cosmic family, thanks so much for tuning in from all over planet Earth. Um, I feel really blessed to be able to share some moments of communication with you on this uh, March day. Um, this week, I'm bringing you a very, very special guest, a friend of mine and amazing divine goddess, Natasha Severino. And um, we are here to talk to you about a very important initiative that has to do with the sacred keepers of the light codes of planet Earth. And so this is not just a run-of-the-mill podcast, not that any of my podcasts are run-of-the-mill, but this is a very deep subject and a very prescient um, initiative that needs our response. And so um, I'm going to give you a little bit. Natasha, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having this chat with me. It's such an honor to be here talking to you. Um, Natasha is a podcast virgin, so this is her first uh, interview on a podcast, as far as I know. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. <laughs> she was a little bit hesitant to come on, but I just, you know, assured her it's literally like two girlfriends having a conversation, you know, around a meditation cushion. Um, but anyway, I wanted to share a little bit about how Natasha and I met. Um, we, I actually had the amazing privilege of being photographed by an amazing duo, um, Jan Welters and Lucy Pinter. They are a husband and wife team. She's an amazing creative director and one of the most talented fashion designers on the planet. Um, she used to have a very big label called Superfine. And Jan Welters is a, a beautiful, just very, very extraordinary fashion photographer. And many of you guys have heard me talk about them. They were my first Shrimu uh, cheese tasters. And being that they're European and they live in Paris half the time, uh, when they were really encouraging me and, and coming over to, um, to devour their Shrimu, um, I really, really respected their opinion because I, I knew that they, that they knew cheese and they were just like, you know, Julie, you've got to do this. So anyway, so I had the great fortune of Jan, um, and Lucy agreeing to photograph me. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. Um, it was a total pro and they brought Natasha to do my hair and makeup. <laughs> yes, they did. And what a gift that was. <laughs> so, yeah, so Natasha and I started sort of interacting and, and our energies found each other. And then, um, Natasha, why don't you share a little bit about what your experience was? For sure. I'd love to. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I was introduced to Julie via um, Jan and Lucy. And just meeting Julie for me, just there was an instant um, connection for me with you, Julie, that was um, something something on a, on, a, on a soul level, I guess. Not that I knew what a soul level was back then. But, you know, you really – I was at a place in my life where I – um, was really trying to find some answers and you really helped me pull back the curtain um, to start walking in a direction that perhaps um, had never really occurred to me before to be to be walking in and that was one that you know was of a more holistic and a spiritual nature which then sort of set me on a wild goose chase for the past three years. <laughs> but it really was that encounter of meeting you and being very inspired and seeing what you were doing and what you were creating with Shrimu and just your absolute 
beautiful nature that I was just like, wow, what an incredible woman. Um, and, you know, over the past three years, we've had many of, a, of an opportunity to work together. And each time it's just more and more beautiful as we sort of unlock and unfold this, this creativity that we sort of share together. Oh, Natasha, thank you so much. I'm so, you know, I think that, I think that's how it is, you know, in, um, I think we travel in soul groups and I think, you know, this podcast is definitely, you know, a transmitter of that. You know, I, I like to think of us as sort of like whale beings that are emitting a sonar, you know, and somehow through the, through the work or the creative projects or the podcast or whatever we do, there's sort of like a signal that's emitted and, you know, it's not like I can remember any specific conversation or any sort of specific moment. It was a really sort of all encompassing, um, energetic meeting. And then, you know, again, that, that catalyzed the recognition of in you almost like a remembrance in you, like, wait a second. Like, I know this. I was, I was definitely at a point in my life where there was very big changes that needed to happen. And it is, you've, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. It is, it's a remembrance. It's an unlocking of who you were meant to be. And at that point in my life, I was incredibly lost and I needed to really find out who I was. And it started with, you know, meeting you. And then if I remember correctly, we had a session and you, you probably don't remember what was sort of transmitted in that because you're, you sort of get out of your own way and just let whatever flows through you. But it really left a profound, um, it was a profound experience for me that started me questioning a lot of what I was doing in my life. And it opened the door to me then seeking some very, very necessary and deep healing, which has been the path that I've been walking on for the past three years, which has sort of led me into developing the skill sets that I'm slowly starting to develop, to develop through my teachers. And through that has led me to um, have the opportunity to work on a project with one of my teachers, Marza, for the Hopi people. It's so interesting, you know, to, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing, for sharing that. And, and, you know, my, those of you that have done some personal work with me, you know, you'll know that, you know, my work is sort of designed to be a one-off, like you like oftentimes mine is a one session catalyzing experience. And I would say that it's a combination of modern shamanism and, and a mother's prayer like a, like a, like a cosmic mother. Did I describe that well? <laughs> that pretty, yeah, that, that sums it up really beautifully. It's, it's a thing where, you know, I mean, in my community water tiger, which, which you're not a member of and, and haven't explored that part of me, even it's, it's quite interesting because the whole point of water tiger is it's a way to no way. And so as each one of us are completely unique and after all my travels in this lifetime and other lifetimes, seeking that reconnection with the one breath that is breathing all of us, um, I've had to travel within lineages and, and take only what serves me and understand that I precede the lineage that I, because I think in the human, you know, frame, when we're learning, we might receive a whole body of information and that might be very true to a certain type of being, but maybe not be totally true to you. Yeah. And so I think that within, I mean, not only am I a mother to four and, and raise five and, and it's definitely been one of the most profound experiences in my life, but for some reason I, I have kind of that mother energy, which I can sit in unconditional love and acceptance. And yeah. you're the, the main, empress, honey, you're the empress <laughs> in the tarot. <laughs> For <Wow>. sure. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, a lot of times that's, I think that's, that's maybe the most powerful thing is that I can sit really with that, that uh, compassion and non-judgment and neutrality. Um, I was, I was talking, uh, speaking on Rich's podcast, we recorded one on Friday for his show. And, and I was, you know, sharing that, you know, I always find it, um, 
uh, like all, it, it always takes my breath away how quick humanity is to judge another or throw a stone or, you know, judge or analyze or sum up because well, I mean, it's conditioning, isn't it? I mean, you know, that's what we have been programmed to do is to compare ourselves to others and to, you know, compare each other. And, you know, I'm, that is, it's so far away from where we're supposed to be and has gotten us, I feel to the place of where we are now, which is affected. Well, and to just, you know, to sort of finish the, the thought is that, is that, you know, it always just makes me feel like cautionary, like careful, Mm. careful, (laughs) like don't be so quick to say, you know, judge or analyze or say something of another, you know, another's journey. And it's because we all have our own life journeys and, you know, life, life will visit us in the ways that we need to evolve. And, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we may welcome a bit of unconditional love and compassion at, you know, if we're blessed at a few times in our life, you know? Mm. So, um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, so water tiger being a way to no way. And I wanted to, you know, you came to me with a Hopi and, and, you know, of everything that, um, you know, how, how I really feel we travel in these soul groups. It's like, uh, there was so much connection. It, it was like, you're saying, you don't really know why then you went on this journey and you, you're just telling me I'm working with this teacher and I've, I've worked on these elixirs. And then the last time I actually was photographed for uh, the cover of human shift, which is a really groovy Swedish magazine yeah. that Rich and I were photographed. And I reached out to the editor and said, can I request my own makeup artist? And she was like, yeah, Natasha, she's amazing. So luckily I was able to work with you on that shoot. Um, uh, but, and you, when you arrived, you know, you were like, here's two vials of these elixirs that I've been working on. And you're like, one of them is what brings out the trauma. And then one of them is what, you know, is this, the rejuvenation. And I was like, yeah, I'm not touching either one of those two. Like, so I was like, hold, hold it just a minute. You know, I had no doubt. Um, but anyway, you were talking to me about the Hopi and the reason that it really, you know, got my attention is, uh, that I understand the Hopi to be some of the most profoundly multidimensional, energetic uh, mm. carriers that exist in this realm a- and beyond realms, because, you know, we can call it a myth for some of you. So we don't have to get into, you know, blowing your mind completely, but, you know, in the, Atla- in the myth of Atlantis cataclysm and different times when the earth has been in destruction, the Hopi, uh, have journeyed inside the earth. Um, and you know, you could view this as a multidimensional journey as time travelers. Um, but they're truly, truly like purely authentic. And before I get into asking you all about this initiative and, and speaking more about your teacher. Uh, one of the reasons that my ears perked up is that I had had a very profound experience with the Hopi and it was in 2010. Um, I was working as an interior designer and I got the message from the universe that I had to quit my job, even though I needed the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just this feeling that if I, you know, if I had four months to live, I wouldn't be like, Oh, Natasha, I can't wait to redesign your house. Like I just wouldn't. <laughs> get it. Uh, and so I went to my, my client and said, you know, I should be asking you for my retainer, but I'm giving you my notice. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I just, I can't, I can no longer just work for money. Like it has to be a very pure reason that I'm engaging. And, and, you know, he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I'm an artist and I'm making music. And he said, well, let me see your portfolio. So I showed him my portfolio and I left that meeting. He had bought $40,000 worth of art from me. Wow. Which is really crazy. I mean, he bought two. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was one of those times where you really, like you really don't have a choice. And I wasn't trying to sell him my art. I was in fact 
discouraging him from buying my art. I was saying, well, it's a conflict of interest because I'm the designer and my art's fairly expensive. They're big pieces. So, you know, I feel like it's a conflict for me to tell you, you should buy this on your wall. And he was like, let me see your portfolio. So he bought two huge tree photographs from me for like $8,000 each. And then he commissioned me to paint these two original paintings and there was no parameters on it. It was like, you can paint whatever you want. And I will. I mean, that's like a dream client, isn't it? Right. I know. Well, and then I was like, Oh shit. You know, so they were 80, 80 by 80 inch on Belgian linen, linen too. And he bought the first one was 15 grand. And the second one was like 10 or something. And what I did is I went into ceremony every day and I painted for him and I, and I meant it, you know, I went in with my heart and I connected with his greater being. And rather than say, oh, well, I think he needs, you know, peace and gratitude and compassion. I didn't, I never say any of those things. I say highest divine, and Mm -hmm. I'm in reverence to you, to the greater force. So I painted and painted and I would go to sleep at night and my hands were burning and I would see his Akashic records, almost like a tarot card deck through my inner vision. And I started to get very sort of, uh, I I won't say afraid, but I started to understand the power that was going into these paintings. And I was painting planets. So one was sort of the new earth, sort of like a peach planet with trees all around the outside. And these little bodies and yoga poses within the planet. And then I started painting the second one and I, and it's my, myself kept my gut, my, my voice kept saying, paint it blue. And I was fighting with the voice saying, but I'm not painting the old earth. Like I'm painting a new reality. And it was like, paint it blue, blue, blue. So I paint it blue and it had these like white sort of energy sparks coming off of it. And then I'm painting, painting, painting. And all of a sudden I said, there's a Hopi elder woman that has appeared out of the painting. Wow. And she was kind of seated and sort of abstract, Mm. but I knew it was a Hopi. And on the right side, there was a snake. Mm -hmm. So, and and really a cobra. So it was more, but I've always been working between Vedic and, and native American, you know, like, you know, I used to say I'm doing the union of the dot and the feather, mm-hmm. you know, together. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I'd only painted a native American subject twice in my life. One was when I was living on the land, living in a, in a Sioux teepee, working with a Lakota Sioux chief. And these two forms came out, a man and a woman. It's pretty intense. And when the chief came here to do sweat lodge with me, his wife said that being was in my dream last night. And this was right when avatar came out. So I ended up seeing avatar with the chief and his family and 3d glasses. Like it was so surreal. Wild. What an experience. It was so weird, but anyway, I kind of jumped ahead. So going back to the, the, the 2010, um, So when, so my boss and I, or my client and I, we had never talked about spirituality really. I mean, I'm sure he saw me with a third eye, you know, with kumkum or something, but he was always into function. Like, will this table work? Will it, you know, is it the functional thing? And I was very close with his wife and he had a beautiful, you know, young child. And, but it was, it was really between me and him. It was a soul agreement between the two of us. Mm -hmm. So when I hung the paintings on the wall, I was kind of like, oh shit. Like we have no idea what we just did. And, you know, four months of being in ceremony and me giving my heart to his higher being. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I hung it up and then that same day or week or, you know, within days I got an email, um, that, uh, brought the awareness of the Hopi prophecy of the blue Kachina. And mm-hmm. I had never heard anything about this before in my life. And it said, this is amazing. It's so crazy. And it said, you know, in, in the, in the, in the dawning of the new age, there will be a blue star that appears in the sky. And when the Hopi prophecy is it's the blue Kachina. Yeah. And the prophecy says that those who recognize the blue star will ascend basically. And those who don't will, will perish in destruction. And, and here it was like in the painting. And I was just so 
just touched with his devotion. So luckily my client uh, was still my friend and he went through a very deep awakening of having to face his ego. And he he's told me that he felt like his skin was being pulled off a piece at a time, but that he, yeah, I mean, I was like, Oh my God, you're laughing. Cause you know what that feels like. <laughs> I just said he, he got off lightly. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. So, I mean, his trajectory is many years later, you know, he, he got his master's in education and, you know, he's much more aligned to his highest Self, he had been, you know, made money in the money markets at a young, younger age and played video games for 10 years because he could. Mm. And he was very, had a lot of sadness around that, about that choice of using the time. So anyway, uh, that was my profound experience with the Hopi. So I know that they are no bullshit. I know Love that it. they are a force that is multidimensional, that spans dimensions and so here you were, you came back asking for the Hopi. And um, so now tell me a little bit about Marza and your journey and, and let us know, you know. Yeah, thank you. you I just, um, I, I was, I'm really flawed about the story that you just told, Julie, because that magical act that you did over four months, putting so much energy into an artwork like a talisman that now probably still hangs on someone's wall, that is so powerful. Like it really, what an incredible magical act that you did. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, the thing, and this is a, the subject that I'm glad that we're recording this podcast because I'm on the verge of understanding, like I had no idea, like all I did was put all my heart into it. Yeah. I didn't really realize what I was doing, but now after I've been working, you know, with Falco, you know, in, in other realms, he's the founder of Dominher and also with the Dominherian community that built temples to mankind in the mountain. I'm only now realizing how important art is yeah. art could be the most important thing we could do. And so I feel like we're on the verge of rewriting how we create these things. Like what if we, we knew we could create art with this uplifting intention that could actually transform energy. And it does. Yeah. Look, so. it's something that I'm also experimenting in my own and, you know, full disclosure, I'm still a student. Um, this path is so new for me, but I, um, I'm very dedicated to it and I'm learning about two different lineages. One is the Western mysteries um, in the form of the Hermetic Kabbalah. And um, the other one is my, um, through my teacher Maza, is um, the Native American indigenous ways as well. So more of a shamanic practice and working with the earth's alchemy um, to create medicines, using vibrational medicines, plant medicine, um, aromatherapy and all of that to create and vibrational um, sound to create a state of homeostasis in the body. And I just find it fascinating. But, you know, I'm learning two very different lineages um, congruently at the same time. So there's... Um, there's a lot of study which is going on on my behalf, but I'm, I'm thorough, thoroughly loving it. Um, it is a lot, but, um, you know, just um, the way that you're talking about your artwork, when you look at the creative mind and the intellectual part of the mind, the two diffuse is when the real harmony um, comes through. And, you know, one really doesn't balance without the other. So mm -hmm. art is so incredibly important to us as human beings as creative beings as spiritual beings and art we can find anywhere um you know we don't have to be artists per se art can come in music it can come in sculpture it can come in so many different ways but the importance of it it at you know an elemental level at somewhere in your life is really important um, yeah, and if I'm just going to jump in, it's so, yeah, so important right now because this was um, interesting. You know, like I'm not a technically trained painter. Like I'm not technically trained in anything that I do, actually. I love that. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, but so I'm not a te technically trained painter. And, you know, listen, like 
you know, I, I could benefit from some technique, like, uh, you know, me more than anybody, like I probably would enjoy it if I got more technique. Um, but it was interesting because during this time that I did the, these paintings, you know, I'd always also had done these tree photographs and also was recording a couple albums with my boys when they were young boys at the time. And we were getting ready to release our first album. And so I contacted the artists that did all of the posters for like the Grateful Dead and like Led Zeppelin. And, cool. and you know, he was, he was still alive. I mean, probably pretty old, but he was, I can't remember his name now, but, um, he, he, he wrote me back. And at the time I had an art website and, and his message was Julie, thanks for your email. You know, my posters are $20,000. So it's probably <laughs> too much for you. But he said, you know, I took a, a look at your website and he said, I love your tree photographs. And then he says, your paintings hurt my eyes. Sorry. Oh. And he goes, sorry, like that. Right. And when he wrote this, I just kind of, I kind of smiled because I had been through this entire experience with my client, right. Who had been through this complete metamorphosis and, and because I had painted from a place of devotion, I had to let come out whatever came out and I had to suspend my judgment from my personality. Mm. And so my, I kind of felt to him, my answer in my head was, well, go tell God about that. You know, like, like there's not really much I can do about that. Um, but I, I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, like, what is art supposed to do? It's supposed to ignite or inspire or create some sort of observation in the person that looks upon it. And I thought to myself, I've had a, a an experience of catalyzing an evolution in a human being via art um, that I may never experience again, or many people may never experience that profound effect. Wow. So I was like, I was like, dude, hate it all you want, like hate away. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it really, it, it is very subjective, but it's also, you know, if it makes you as the artist feel good, then it doesn't really matter. It's an outlet. It's an outlet for you to express your way in whatever way that wants to come out. And it's important that it comes out in one way or another. You know, for yeah. me, it's through my makeup work. And I love being a makeup artist. I love it so much. I love my clients. I get to work with incredible people like yourself. I get to travel. Well, I used to be able to travel all around the world. Um, you know, I do things from just pure beauty to very, very creative editorial shoots. So for me, it is something which is, you know, I've, I've created a living out of being an artist some sort. I don't think that I'm an artist, but I do create and I do paint on the face. And of course you're you know, an that, that is an outlet. And now to also see that where I can diversify into other aspects that still surround, you know, the the beauty industry and, you know, with creativity, with the essential oils that I mix, with the vibrational medicine that I'm making, like that's all a creative force. Definitely. Well. Definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that that's the important thing. And, you know, one, maybe one of the forces that has tried to uh, hide this remembrance from us is all the things that we're told our whole life, like, they, oh, I can't draw or I can't sing or I can't paint. And the thing is, is that these are very tribal aspects of what it means to be a human being. And, and in the Dominhurian temples, you know, they started, they built those temples, 6,000 square meters with basically 50 people. And none of them were artists. They became artists and they did the largest stained glass windows, you know, maybe in the world and like sculptures and mosaics and paintings. And I mean, it's overwhelming. That's and, but beautiful. the thing, yeah, the well, thing that so personally, but I have looked through the book that you, um, that you showed me and, you know, obviously through my own research on the wonderful wide web, um, it just looks extraordinary. I can't wait to visit it one day in person. 
I hope we get to go there together. That I really be- hope we do too, Julie. That's um, okay. on my, on my um, vision board. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So listen, so we're, we're here for the Hopi. Yes. Um, I want, I want to hear from you, you know, everything that you want to share about this. Yeah. And, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just want to be really clear that I'm, I don't have any authority to speak on behalf of the Hopi people. Um, the only thing that I'm deeply honored about is that my teacher, Maza, who has been working with the Hopi people for over 30 years, um, when, this project came up, this GoFundMe came up, and um, she asked me if I could help her. And I wasn't quite sure how I could help because I have not ever sort of put myself in a position of, you know, what do I have to offer um, as far as, you know, sort of doing this sort of charity work? And then I thought, well, hang on, I have a really great network of people. Um, I have good people that want to see change done in the world. I have a creative um, eye, so I'm good with visuals and I'm great with storytelling. So I, together with my friend Sylvie Collisus, who's an incredible photographer, I asked her if she would help me put together an Instagram page um, where people could go to to get information about what the Hopi really are and who they represent. And I was just like, so what does this page look like? Well, it needs to be informative because I don't think a lot of people really understand who the Hopi are or what they stand for or what we as a civilization have to lose if their medicines aren't able to be passed down from elder to the next generation. So um, Sylvia and I accompanied Marza out to the Hopi Reservation in early February and I was like, right, we need to do a sit-down interview with Marza, 11 questions um, that, you know, we will then edit down and my beautiful husband Mike so kindly edited that for us. And then around that we're going to create a visual context so people can really have a place to educate themselves on the Hopi people and what they stand for. And that's what we created. We created um, an Instagram platform called Friends of the Hopi um, to coincide with this GoFundMe that Maza has set up um, with the goals of being able to provide um, clean, fresh water to the Hopi people, basic PPE, and we're hoping that we can get some composting toilets onto their mesas because... COVID has had such a devastating effect because they live in community, they live in houses which were built, sorry, in the uh, the 11th century, so very primitive plumbing, if any at all. So, you know, a lot of repair and maintenance um, needs to be done just to keep up the sanitary, you know, quality of the communities that they're living in. And, you know, when we we couldn't go into any of the the mesas because COVID is so rampant there at the moment, so we met um, one of Mars's very dear friends um, at the Petroglyphs um, and this woman who is a pillar of strength for her community just got out of her car and just collapsed and she wept and my heart bled she's like we just buried two elders this morning we've had 120 deaths um on the reservation and we found out three days later her sister actually passed away from COVID so you know this is this is a peaceful community that through their prayers and their prophecies help balance the toxicity that we humans, you know, the, we Westerners pump into our world. And, you know, their apprenticeships aren't like any other normal apprenticeship where, you know, after five years you have a skill set that hopefully you can go out and you can present yourself with a certain level of expertise. Their apprenticeships start when they're 12 years old and, you know, it's it's a lifelong journey and the keys are finally handed over from elder to 
you know, um, to neophyte when the time is ready. But, you know, sometimes that time takes 30 years. And Mm. if the elders are passing away at the rate of what they're dying at the moment, those lineages are starting to be lost forever because they're not being able to finish the cycle of being able to be passed down. And to me, that is just absolutely devastating. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. It was just so heartbreaking and and um you know it reminds me again of falco from dom and her his next um dream for dom and her is a temple that's 120 times the size of the existing temples and and um the the temple is to be a living akashic record of exactly the lineages like the hopi so all of the sacred lineages that are on the earth, because, you know, Falco and Dom and her, it, they celebrate diversity. We are here to celebrate all the diversity that is here on the planet. And all this diversity is what creates the health and vitality and vibrancy of, of our realm. And so he was speaking about bringing all of these indigenous teachings um, into a space where they could be um, received in equality. And he was speaking that some of these lineages have not been given this respect, have not been given this honor, this love, this care. And then amazingly, when uh, you said, you know, I'd really feel good if you connected with Marza. So we had a conversation a few nights ago and I found out that she has been to Dom and her and and the Dominurians had told me of her before. They had told me that they had a shaman come and that she offered, you know, the ways of, of the indigenous medicine that she carried with her. And she was, I think, the first shaman to offer the energetic into the space in Italy. So know now that there's no accident to the fact right. that... There is- I mean, my life has kind of become like that. Like, you know, there are no coincidences anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, not at all. And the thing is, is, you know, Shreemu. So I was thinking, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of my funds tied up in, in, in a certain project actually connected with Dom and her. Um, But then I also, I was thinking, you know, Shreemu, the, the greater global mission of Shreemu is to fund this huge temple, this next temple. Like yeah. that is why I'm going into the, into the field and making such a big play. And so it's just so divinely orchestrated. I felt so blessed and held and, and just honored, you know, it's like, we're all pieces of bringing these changes into reality in this new time on planet earth, you know, during the Aquarian age. And again, I am no Hopi expert. I have uh, the only interaction that I have with that lineage is through that painting basically. And that experience, which is a pretty big experience. That's a pretty big experience, Julie. Come on. <laughs> but I do, um, you know, and I respect, I just, again, it's this respect for all life. And, you know, in Water Tiger, the whole point of the way to no way is to allow us to have these techniques where we can remember who each of us are in our own beauty, our own divinity, our own perfection, because there's only one of you, Natasha, in the entire omniverse. That means anywhere in creation, if you do not fully receive and embody yourself, there is not another Natasha coming to fill your shoes. Oh, I think there's a few people that are very happy about that, Julie. (laughs) I think we need more than one around, to be honest. No, exactly. But I mean, when you think about that, and you think about that level of diversity it's like we're we're all so precious we're so we really are you know and so unique and everybody has a gift and is you know and going back to um uh, you mentioned just a little while back you know some people say oh you know what I don't I'm not artistic or I can't sing for me my personal experience was as I healed myself and I allowed myself to to be healed by the divine, that things opened up for me. For instance, I 
I could never sing before. And now I'm singing and I'm singing it very involuntarily somewhere. And I actually kind of enjoy the sound that comes out. And it, all of a sudden it's like something that I would never have dreamt about doing before. I've got no problem just, you know, busting out a song now. And it's you like, well, wow, singing funny. to me. You were singing to me during the shoot last time. You were just singing yeah, away. It just comes out. It's wild. So, you know, and I think that's like creativity. You know, it just, as you, as you put yourself back into alignment, things just come out because it's your sole purpose that it's meant to come out. And it's really beautiful and wonderful when that starts to flow. It is. It's magic. I mean, it's what people ask me, you know, well, how do you, how come you're so devoted or how do you live like that? And it's like, my life is a mystical, magical mystery tour. Like, because I, if I, if I meet everything in that devotion and that reverence, life will bless you far beyond anything you could ever put on a vision board or a list or think about it. You know, it's this, it's this, um, this, this, uh, statement that was given to me in a channeling session, uh, from a woman named Natalie Ch channels, Dr. Peebles. And he, he was like, well, you're, while well, your little self is trying to decide, should I paint the wall blue, pink, or yellow? Your higher self simply kicks the wall away. Yeah, I love that. That's so like, cool. Oh, like I didn't think of that. Like I was trying to figure out this thing that was like way before that. So I really do feel that, um, you know, I trust, I trust us as life forms. Mm -hmm. I, I, really trust and know that we are here to create a new vibration. Um, I really know with all of my being that no matter what journey we are on, we all have a right, a right to live in a safe place, a right to clean water, a right to food, a right to love yeah. and a right to connection. Yeah. You know, these are all human things. And so, um, I, I just, you know, Shreemu, I called my managers and was like, what do we have this month? What can we donate? How can we get involved? Well, honey, I mean, I wish, you know, I wish I could even do more, but it was miraculous because then Rich was like, Hey babe, do you want to be on my show on Friday? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about. What we're that talk husband about. Was. I and I was like, well, as a matter of fact, I have something I do want to talk about. Oh, so so the spread work, which is great. And, you know, we just, um, you know, the, the Hopi have my, my respect, li literally like eternal reverent respect for who they are. Yeah. And, um, and I know, you know, you've, you feel this, the same and I don't need to, go into their community. I just, I just want to do whatever I can to get them some relief so that they can do what they do. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, these are just basic necessities on a fundamental level in order for them to survive. Um, you know, and we're hoping to raise $50,000. Um, and, you know, that, that is just getting them basic, basic sanitary goods. And it's, you know, it, it's just kind of dumbfounding that there is this sort of humanitarian crisis happening here in the United States. Um, but, you know, because of people like yourself that have, you know, an incredible voice out there in communities that actually really care, um, I, you know, from the bottom of my heart, Julie, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and, and, and speak, you know, even if it is very limitedly um, about my experience with the Hopi because I feel a very strong connection through my teacher to them and, you know, I hope that for many years to come that the opportunity to learn more about them and their prophecies and their medicines will be presented to me. But, um, you know, until then, I truly believe in, in what they represent and who they stand for and I want to be of service um, to be able to help. 
And you are. And, and thank you. Thank you for, for, you know, taking the initiative and, and getting involved and, you know, following your heart. And the thing is, is that anyone who interacts with this initiative is going to receive some mystical thing that is, I mean, the, these peoples are not. They're magic. No joke. Yeah. This is, this is beyond what we understand. And so if you've been, you know, if you've been wanting to interact with the mystical, if you feel like you want to open that connection, um, you know, this interacting with this energetic initiative is going to bring uh, something very, very divine, uh, very profound, I would say. I would yeah, say, you know, even just taking the time to listen to Marza talk on the um, on the Instagram page, the short videos that we created, it's just, it's mind blowing. You know, um, yeah, and and also understanding that in these ways and in the ways of of people, indigenous people that have very different ways than Western people, um, you know, the initiative really couldn't be successful without somebody like Marza with a lifetime mm. of her of her experiences with many indigenous lineages all over the planet, from you know Hawaiian to you know Celtic. So it's like at the beginning, you were like, my teacher, my teacher. And I, and then I was like, oh, who is this teacher? And then I read about her and it's like, you know, she's, she has led a life of devotion. She had an and extraordinary life. Extraordinary. extraordinary. And it yeah. takes, it takes that person to be the bridge because you can't just send supplies in, you know, it, it has to be uh, orchestrated in a certain way. There are there are ways of respect. And then um, you were sharing something else with me about the limitations on their burial um, practices as well. Yeah, so, you know, the Hopi are all about ritual um, and tradition and medicine and song and prayer. So, you know, there's a couple of pretty big moments in a Hopi's life, in anybody's life, but, you know, death is, you know, the gateway into, you know, the next, the next thing. Yeah, exactly. You're going home. And for them, it is a full ritual where um, now because of COVID, those rituals and those burials and those send-offs are not able to happen and they're being stripped naked and put into plastic body bags and just buried. And this is just, I mean, you know, even talking about it right now is just, it, 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 to hear a Hopi woman talk about having to bury her elders in this way was just yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, you know, um, I can only imagine. Yeah, I know. So listen, um, I'm just, I'm so honored to be, uh, just a part of the entire mission. And, uh, for those of the, of you that, uh, want to contribute directly, there is a GoFundMe page. So we're going to include the links on the show notes, but um, do you have, is it friends of the Hopi or should they go to Instagram and then get to the link? Right. So the handle of the Instagram is at friends of the Hopi. Um, there's a link in the bio there that can get you straight to the GoFundMe. Um, I do really encourage people to take the time to, to look through the page. It's not very long and it's not overly, it doesn't bombard you with a lot of information, but I really feel in this day and age that to be educated and knowledgeable about various things that, you know, you, you wouldn't normally have access to only broadens your own level of wisdom and knowledge. Natasha, how would anybody contact you if they wanted to get more information about your elixirs or are you in that place or not? I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm still, I'm still studying. I am putting stuff out there as I feel that it's necessary, but really, you know, this is, this has now become a, a lifelong devotion for me. And so I'm really taking the time to make sure that I absorb the lessons, um, very yeah. deeply before I put out what I feel is going to be, you know, my purpose 
um, here in this life. Yeah, but um, definitely if people want to get in contact with me, I'm, I'm up for always discussing what I'm doing and what I'm studying and what I'm about. And um, it's just the, probably the best way is through Instagram because it's got my email on there as well. And that's at Natasha Severino underscore makeup. So, you know, it doesn't really have a lot of my spiritual path path on there, but um, I'm I'm very willing to speak one-on-one with people should they, you know, want to have a chat. Absolutely. Okay, amazing. And I will let you guys know um, when I ingest the elixirs. Uh. <laughs> if I'm still on the planet and I stay in my body, I will what happened at that time <laughs> please do i can't wait and then um you know shrimu's going to be sending out a newsletter uh, we're going to make a donation directly from the company but we're also donating a portion of um a certain products for um, a period of time maybe oh, i'm not wow. sure out. So, wonderful. so yeah of course of course of course so we just we want to get things moving Again, we have Marza there in the front line having the direct contact, and so she's going to be able to provide the support in the way that is in alignment with their traditions. Yeah, and, and look, if anybody wants to know, have more information about the Hopi, um, Marza would be the best person, and she's really willing and open to having those very important discussions with people. So um, if, they ca- if people can't get in contact with her direct, please feel free to um, connect with her through mm-hmm. me, and I can pass on her direct email for anybody that would like to to speak to her directly. All right, Natasha. Well, thank you so much for joining. And you were amazing on your first podcast. I think you should do this. Oh, Julie, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I am just so grateful to know you and to have you in my life. And thank you to you and Shrimu for the support for the Hopi. It really means the world to us. Thank you. Our honor, 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 honor. And so, beloved uh, podcasting family, it's been nice to share these very, very important um, sentiments and energetic uh, awareness around what we can do to really lift the vibration higher. So please join me in supporting this very, very sacred people, the Hopi. And um, I will look forward to communing with you guys Uh, very soon. Until then, I'm sending you guys so much love. And please remember that even if no one else believes in you, I believe in you to finding your way into living your own authentic truth. How could it be otherwise? You are a divine emanation of God. Until next time, namaste. Namaste.